0: welcome to the effects loop i'm diaz
1: i'm chris i'm scott
0: i'm brady i'm seth i'm dan and we're keeping you in the loop with the guitar community All right, this episode is brought to you by Westminster Effects. Go check them out, westminsterfacts.com. Got some amazing pedals, some great gear. And if you uh, are a fan of biblical theology, they have a lot of fun uh, pedals that are kind of matching people in the church history. So it's a really great company with a lot of different things going on. Also owns, uh, they own Nose Pedal, which has a lot of cool utility pedals. So you can check them out. Uh, they're actually listed on the same website. So they've got some great stuff going on there. So once again, thanks, Westminster Vex, for sponsoring this episode. All right, what's new? Uh, Scott, you got anything new this week?
1: Uh, Just more of my Parts Titan project moving along. Um, If you can find pictures of it between all the cooking on my Instagram, I was grinding away a bridge with a Dremel to make it ready for the Bigsby. And so hopefully that comes in this week and I'll have that thing strung up and playing.
0: Yeah, that seems like a lot of fun. I don't trust myself with a Dremel. See, like a lot of people are very technical. Not me. I'm not like (laughs) detail-oriented enough. Like whenever people all the time like, you love guitar pedals. Why don't you try making them? I'm like, no, I am not a detail-oriented person. Mine would be the ones that people post on Instagram and they're like, look at this crappy solder job. Yeah, you to start somewhere. Yeah, I've been, but I've also been trying to solder for like seventeen years, and it still looks like crap. So, mm.
1: Chris, did you get your uh, ukulele in yet?
0: Yeah, I got that uh, two weeks ago, I believe.
1: I thought you were just like ordering it last week. Am I just misremembering? It. it...
2: I think so, because I've definitely had it for at least two weeks. It's huh. not. I've not been one, but. I've definitely had it a while.
0: Fair enough. Do you anything new with you? I actually ax- I well, I didn't accidentally sell a pedal, but actually, it's funny. I listed this pedal at Summer NAM last year. We were at Summer NAM, and the I actually listed it while I was there, and it just sold. Um. So I was just chilling at work, and I got a notification that I sold something on Reverb. That that's pretty much it. So. Any of oh uh, well, we need to like introduce our guests. So we've got some <laughs> of the gang from old blood we got Brady, Dan and Seth hanging out with us and uh, They're gonna just have fun on this episode Hello.
2: Yeah, thanks for
1: having us uh, How about Hi. you guys any any new toys in your world that recently kind of fell in your lap or you've been chasing for a while
2: I've been playing with the uh so the two notes cab m they just they're doing a beta of a new firmware where like it's a cab sim and power amp sim and it's got reverb and stuff but they just added a preamp sim and some new reverb voices and just a lot of basically like a thing that was good just turned into a thing that's totally great and so it's been a really nice like bedroom tool for throughout this and so yeah, if you have a Cab M, you can. Uh, it's like a Facebook group where you can go sign up for the beta. Uh, so I don't know when it'll go production, but it's free to like upgrade and check it out. So that's been a lot of fun.
0: I've heard like amazing things about the Two Note stuff. I've never had it, seen anyone complain about them.
2: Yeah, I had really enjoyed the Cab, the Cab M, and like, you know, you have to kind of use pedals or like find ways to kind of simulate a preamp if you're not using it with an actual amp. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact that they just like went ahead and added it is really blowing me away right now. They're just like, Oh yeah, it does that now too.
1: And, and that was their available. Like feasibility this entire time.
2: Yeah, exactly. That they're just like, yeah, we can update the software within your existing hardware units. And yeah, I don't know how long they've been working on it, but it's uh, it was a, it's a nice surprise a few weeks ago.
0: It seems like a lot of companies are getting wise in the fact of, uh, they're putting out products that is not they're not being used to their maximum capacity yet. So that way they can keep putting out upgrades and stuff like that to keep people buying and also interested in the product.
2: Yeah, too. It's it's interesting cuz you think of a digital device as something that sort of does the thing it does until it dies and is not supported anymore. So the idea of a digital device that does the thing it does and then steadily does other things as the company provides updates is a pretty cool like pretty cool ethos to have i think it's interesting to start to see that in different products
3: it's cool to see like a recalling of that because you know like the first home computers were very much that way you know where it was like yeah it's kind of up to you to make it as good as you can and upgrade it and continue to add to it and grow it and then we kind of i think as like um as as consumers we were definitely like tended in a direction to be like yeah I'll just use this till it breaks and I'll get the new thing there's no way to upgrade or update
0: or I mean that's yeah. with like with absolutely everything look at like uh uh look at shoes it used to be if your soles went out on your shoes you just got new soles and like you just had it fixed now we we wanted everything so cheap but they just made everything everything is disposable now uh,
4: there's probably also the element of like not Like, if you have something, where's the money for that company? Like, what are they selling after they've sold the one product?
3: That was Ford's whole problem with the Model T is they built the car that was too good because it was supposed to be, like, the end-all, be-all product. And they realized once their market base had all bought the product, there's no one else to buy the product.
4: Yeah, yeah. unless you're selling upgrades. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But We, we We can't
0: make it too good. We get, we get just good enough to sell. We just can't make it too great. I, I, I know
4: that that's that's like a that's a conundrum. The entire thing, the capitalist um <laughs> idea of not the idea, whatever. Um, I'm backing out of that. Yeah.
0: The, uh, <laughs> all right, let's but,
4: <laughs> hold on. Really, really quick though. Dan, is that was that uh the updates to the two notes stuff? That's just all free right if you have the hardware yeah yeah so i think they are probably doing a good job
2: skirting a line of like if you have one currently it's a free upgrade but it also is going to encourage people to go get one like it's still a product that's available that's so yeah. i think that's the incentive is as long as the product is available you make it better until eventually if you stop selling it like that would be the real surprise if a company was ever like, you can't even buy this now, but we're just making it better for the people who already had it. It's like that. That's the point where the business sense kind of falls apart.
4: And I guess there's, there's probably not too many companies where it's like, yeah, everybody has one of these in guitar pedals minus. Well, I mean, but people are still like TS nines and rats. Those are still being made and sold. So, yeah maybe there really isn't a cap
2: yeah probably not in in this industry like there's a there's always some other guitar nerd out there that you can you can reach
0: yeah they're just they keep coming out of the woodworks every generation um all right well that's been a fun uh, economics section of the podcast (laughs) that's what this is right Right. Yeah yeah the the economy podcast
4: <laughs>
3: um, I to show you my slides yet
4: <laughs> Oh my god I was reading an article in the journal um that when it
0: how to see how far the conversation how far that line was going to go those are the
4: only words i know <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did you guys pick up the most recent Wall Street Journal? Because <laughs> page seventeen, that was a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> Are you I'm out of toilet wrong. paper already? You're going that
3: far? <laughs> of the PDF or the the print? Because I have both. I <laughs> have uh, <laughs> both.
0: <laughs> uh, I use the print one for the crossword only. Um, <laughs> um, don't get me started on Sudoku.
3: One more bit of economics, though. Um, Nielsen all jokes aside, they did release, they've released two reports, um, like one and a second follow-up report about how the music industry as a whole is responding, like, in the pandemic era. And it's been very interesting to watch, like, the trends in streaming revenue and download revenue and also, like, the amount of new music that is coming out. It's Mm -hmm. really, really interesting. It's interesting. I feel like we're going to see a lot of new output just like a kind of a deluge of new musical output from people in the coming months.
0: Yeah. We've, uh, we've talked about it before, how there's going to be a lot of uh, content coming out. That's like, yeah. Anywhere you look, I've never really seen websites like sold out of audio interfaces. (laughs) There was just a giant surge of people uh, doing streaming stuff like that with you know just trying to stay connected through all of this and it's just been kind of interesting to see how many people are just uh, my my wife today said her brother's like do you have zoom and i was like i mean everyone's got zoom now so uh-huh.
1: well there's been a the, the one other fun part that if you're watching it um how the used markets have responded as well of like everything is sold out it seems like so the pedal values uh, almost across the board are shooting up because um, mm-hmm. supplies are running out. And those of things. so, it, what I initially thought was going to be the, all right, everyone's doing the, oh crap, I got to sell everything mode hasn't really happened yet. Or at least no. I haven't noticed it that much. And well, there's
0: a, and especially with the stimulus checks, there's a big uptick in purchases. Well, that's
1: I what vote. it's supposed to do.
0: That's what it's supposed to do oh yeah well speaking it's, of new it, stuff
1: maybe we should dive into a little bit of the news of what we're seeing coming I mean, out this week
0: yeah epiphone teased two new metal focus models and um, they've they come with fishman fluence pickups which is pretty interesting um yeah these are really cool and you've got a explorer style and a flying v style they're pretty i don't know modern looking in my opinion it do they have binding I, on them?
1: Uh, yeah. Now, I mean, the fun question is with Epiphone, is it real binding or is it just a paint stripe? But um, what's really yeah, cool that's... about the Fishman Fluence is they don't seem like you just mangled a guitar the way like EMGs do for a classic kind of look.
0: Yeah. Actually, I, I kind of like the little, like, uh, looks kind of futuristic, that little S design. Mm-hmm.
1: So theoretically, I mean, right now, the big question is with some of the stuff of like, are we going to start seeing some of the SNAM releases um, preempted or done via social media, or how are companies responding to this? Because these are speculative that these were supposed to be released at Summer NAM. and since that's not a thing now, we're going to see, you know, the CMO of Gibson or. Featuring it on his Instagram, just saying, hey, I'm noodling around at home with these new models. Uh, it, it's an interesting change of pace.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, uh, you guys are Old Blood, uh, if you guys, I don't know if you guys are planning on releasing anything, but if you had planned on, hypothetically, sharing something at Summer NAM, do you guys just feel like mm-hmm. now there's no timeline to to share or do you feel like everyone's still going to go for the same same time period for releasing stuff you guys want us to drop our new releases right here <laughs> you sure can if you want to
1: <laughs> we wouldn't
4: argue it <laughs> uh, definitely
2: feels like there's just like a little bit of a pressure release where we i mean we'd still love to unveil some stuff around that time if it's if it's ready but yeah. I feel like last, last summer NAM we came with a prototype of the Maw because it was sort of like, this is the thing we're working on right now, check it out mm-hmm. as it is. And then when we finish it, we'll actually do the full release. So we released it that fall afterward. So I think this summer NAM was looking somewhat similar of like, yeah, whatever we have, we'll bring and we'll push and we'll show to people. And if, if it's ready for production, great. If it's not, then we'll still show it in the stage it's at. So...
0: So, I, I don't know. I don't
2: know what we'll do when when the actual Nam time comes. But.
0: So, do you feel less pressure to re- to release something at that time? I mean, because I mean, if you were just kind of showing prototypes now, you can. I'd seem like there'd be like a little bit less pressure to to show something, and you can get it right and release it the way you want to out of the gate. It kind of feels like the annoying, like
4: pressure—the actual hard pressure of releasing something in time is gone but we're still nothing has really changed as far as um i guess how we're trying to develop what we were already working on so it's there really isn't uh i mean because everybody's working at home anyways yeah. we started that in march and um so as far as i know dan dan's working on the digital design of stuff and
2: yeah, it really hasn't makes, like it hasn't changed the the timeline of like you know yeah. still, just, still just working on those new designs and trying to get them done as soon as possible
4: and they, I guess I guess now it's not like oh July whatever date Nam was it's just like oh yeah probably July maybe August we'll like really start talking about these things and but still the goal it's just not such a hard hard date.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. less like at, at this day in Nashville, we have to have this exact level of unit ready to unveil. And yeah. it, there there is an interesting pressure around Nam where sort of if you go, you have to make a splash. You know, like everybody on that day sort of has to have something new. So it'll be interesting to see probably announcements being a lot more spread out instead of it all coming at the same time when summer Nam hits, it'll be a little more spread out, like on on everybody's schedule. But I, I don't know. Maybe first day of what would have been summer Nam, we'll still see a bunch. It'll be interesting to no see. No way.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Better not. <laughs> the the other thing that's interesting is that if you go to Nam without something new, like something brand new, maybe you release something within the last year. Yeah, and there's still. The majority of people that walk by and look at your stuff don't know anything about it you know yeah. so it's, only, it's yeah. it still feels like a new mm-hmm. presentation true. of something um so
3: and i don't think we ever we were still figuring out figuring out how to navigate like how do we present ourselves at nam and what is the the how and the why of it and uh i think there were something I always watched is that big pressure of like, okay, this is where our new release happens, and this is where we make a lot of our deals. This is where we have a lot of the conversations about this new product that's going to help, you know, our next quarter our next two quarters, and that's not really how we've our timing has ever worked out for Nam. maybe just because of the timing of when we started our company and when we started rolling products out, but um, yeah, we're pretty much always in the and the mindset of let's show what's upcoming, but we are not banking on, like, we've got our new product dropping and is available the first day of May and trying to navigate all of that. So it's, it's good to not have to even worry about that this time around. Or I don't know if it's good. I think that's a benefit. Um, well,
4: you guys really... It's good. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's and good. you also, you guys release... I mean, you guys have been doing... I know we've talked about you guys quite a few times with some releases within the past year. So the people who might have seen the releases still haven't gotten to touch the pedal or hear it, you know, and so that's also pretty cool because a lot of the fun for people like us going to Summer Nam is being able to play with these things and be able to talk about them because now we've actually messed with them and turned the knobs and, and can give a good idea of what they actually do instead of just listening to demos where you've got, pretty yeah. much stuff preset for you to listen to whenever some of these pedals can go way farther than a lot of the demoers will take them
1: yes good yeah. point. i mean like a similar example is you released the visitor was it winter nam was sort of your announcement of the visitor or was it yeah yeah
3: it went up for sale in the beginning of march
1: yeah and i still haven't been because of the release date and just the way the world's worked i haven't been able to get my hands on one yet to even try it so i mean like if we were coming by your booth and you didn't have a new product i'd be you know laser focusing in there saying oh i haven't tried that yet i haven't tried this yet you know those
0: kind of things that i'll still just play with the alpha (laughs) haunt Um, yeah. So let's see. What was the? So what's the next thing? So these look really cool. um But so Fender launches a line of Stratocasters, Telecaster, and Jazzmaster style ukuleles. I party. I play with that. I I totally want like a good Telecaster ukulele. Making a you know, I forgot the uh,
2: <laughs> Jaguar. I got my blue, not the Jaguar, the Jazzmaster. But they were still in pre-release at that point.
0: Um, yeah, even I like the the Jazzmaster because it does; it still has the matching headstock.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. looking so at is, these pictures now, I like that is, one.
3: Is it standard ukulele tuning, or can you get like a baritone tuning?
4: Oh,
2: um, uh, should be standard.
4: Yeah, gimme baritone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so one of their features they're talking about is a no tie. Uh, bridge So are they oh, ball end nice. Or how does that work
2: oh, God. Because question, normally it's you like a classical can't exactly guitar equip those, right? that tension. It's what
1: it, It's normally a uh, Like most ukuleles have like how a classical guitar is Where you, you gotta do that you kind of
2: special Tie a yeah. knot at the end And run it up Yeah.
0: Maybe you tie the knot And it goes underneath the slot in the bridge I have no idea. Maybe these Fender bullets. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Please don't put guitar strings on ukuleles. That's going too far. That's <laughs> that's worse than putting electric strings on an acoustic guitar. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. I th- I think I think Fender is just like taking those body styles, mostly those three right there, and just putting everything in that body style right now. I mean, it's an iconic brand. Why not? I'm just waiting for, like, shoes to come out. Like, Telecaster shoes. But they're not just, like, color-schemed, like, to, like, kind of resemble a Telecaster, something like that. No, they're just shaped like a Telecaster.
1: I mean, they did... Didn't Boss or Roland do, like, 808 shoes a few years ago for uh, a commemoration? So... It's not unheard of to see that. Yeah, level but was of it shaped
0: like an 808? No, it just had the color okay. scheme. <laughs> yeah. It'd be but. like those great house shoes that are random giant animals. <laughs> it's just random giant guitars.
1: Maybe. But uh, I'm calling it now uh, Jazzmaster Acoustasonic. Next year. Yeah. Show. If they do the matching headstock and actual paint so it doesn't look look like a pancake, I think that would be a pretty fun guitar.
0: What if they do all of these, now they're going to do mandolins next in those body shapes? So I, they had,
4: uh, I think they had mandogasters. they were just they're four-string, doing, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so.
0: No, my, my friend actually has one. I just remember. No, they're like standard mandolin. So like it's just, yeah it's shaped like a telly <sighs> or maybe it was a strat. dang it fender but That's i guess fun. if it i guess if if you, if you if it sells you know keep the money rolling in
1: hey i mean it they're only 200 bucks for an acoustic electric man or not mandolin now you guys got that stuck in my head <laughs> uh ukulele. <laughs> ukulele that seems pretty affordable all things considered too. Like they they're not outrageously priced.
0: Yeah. So uh well those look cool. But so let's move on to the next things. This cause this is kind of interesting because I have a I thought about this. Uh Gibson's announced a free virtual tune up service. Uh so you can actually like video chat with a tech in real time and they will help you service your self service your instrument. Did so, anyone like,
1: think this is a good idea at first?
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, kind of, but kind of not really. Because you got to think of it at the same time, you're teaching somebody out of needing your service beyond. Nope.
1: But this is Gibson. I mean, Gibson, yeah, you, it's you don't send right. in your guitar for a tune up from Gibson, do you? You go to. Well, no. The, well, who this is attacking, or not attacking, but taking service away, is your local tech here. Yeah. Guy at Guitar Center or your third party person you go to.
0: But in all fairness, at this point in time, a lot of t- a lot of people can't take your guitar to your guitar tech. They might actually be making more work for
4: those techs. Yeah, because
0: the people that, are gonna jack their stuff up even farther. That's what I was Maybe thinking of like
4: your average person has the right tools to do anything more than yeah. Just restring that guitar.
0: Stumac's gonna be doing great because of this. Hmm. Or maybe and, Gibson's, like, pushing their own products you can buy from them. Yeah, I see Gibson String Cleaner in the uh, picture. I wonder if they've got, like, Gibson tools.
1: Also, I mean, the guitar tech I go to isn't closed. Like, they're still open. They just have limitations on, like, mm-hmm. how they're going to interact with you and and all that. So it's, it, it's interesting just with everything going to Zoom these days, seeing... Mm-hmm basically, it's like a one-on-one tutor of how to do a setup on your guitar. It, it's interesting seeing that go that way because so much of a setup on a guitar is is touch and getting a good angle on it and all those kind of things. I, I just can't imagine some of these things going well. Yeah, you cool. know
4: what? two things are very different? Hmm. One, setting up a guitar. Two, teaching somebody to set up a guitar. If I've learned anything from being stuck at home with my kids it's that I'm not a teacher. Mm. And that there's actually, well, I mean I knew this, but it really drove home the point that it's not me. Uh there's there's a real a real grace to teaching somebody and showing somebody how to do something.
0: A lot of patience.
4: A lot of patience. And so okay, well now you got guys who are just teachers. Guys, girls, whatever, techs who are just teachers—is <laughs> that what they're doing all day long, teaching over video?
0: I mean, so it's actually so it's like a two-step thing. The first step is you schedule a free thirty-minute one-on-one consultation call. So, like on that, you type, you tell, them, talk about what type of instrument, what the condition is, like what issues you're having with it, and um, the tech will ask you like questions about your playing experience and style and all that stuff. And he'll also give you a list of the basic tools and supplies that you'll need. Then you schedule a free 60 minute one-on-one basic guitar tune-up service. Oh, okay. So that's pretty, uh, I mean, I guess that's pretty cool. I mean, that's an hour and a half of their time. That's pretty
3: big time. I mean, I could see how I could turn that into a hour and a half long therapy session for free really easily.
4: is it is it only gibson guitars
0: i'm I'm guessing i I have an ovation (laughs) uh let's see it's uh
1: i believe it was gibson guitars only yeah i'm surprised they're not charging to be honest with you i think that's something they could easily squeeze 75 bucks out of somebody for
0: maybe this is just their test market is to do it free and then they're gonna slap a fee on it after all this is said and done with people being stuck at home. But I don't know if that would be smart because, I don't know, people would pay money to not have to leave their house, but would I really pay 75 bucks to service my own guitar? Whenever you could probably pay 50 and take it to your local guitar tech once this is all said and done and you're able to leave. Get your man to fish.
3: Yeah, do you wanna learn how to fish or do you just wanna eat the fish?
1: Yeah, because I, I mean, I'm mean, i kind of one of those annoying guys who whenever I bring my car in to get fixed or like anything in the world, I'm sitting there trying to figure out how I can do it myself the next time.
4: <laughs> well, Sounds yeah, like but I would, mean...
0: This would be for you then. Yeah. I can make pasta, but tonight I'm just going to go get it from Olive Garden because I'd rather not make it. So maybe... I don't know. Maybe that would... We'll see. Gibson, we're, we're going to keep an eye on you. See what shenanigans you're getting yourself into. Because this is the first time.
1: Yeah, yeah sterling no record
0: so far. Shenanigans. In, uh, N- no shenanigans previously. Yeah. Been shenanigan free since 1947, or whatever year they started. I don't know.
1: 18 something, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like 18, 1890. the Spanish Armada. Okay. Um, let's move on. So this we have the pill this is an analog ducking effect pedal and was it seth were you the one that pointed this out i I did yeah but actually um
3: i think maybe brady sent it to me earlier in the week and i've been aware of this but i hadn't like seen any of the marketing material for it yet and then just became aware of it this week and it's just a really smart cool tool like you can do so much with it um I can't really give you a spiel about it, but it's worth checking out.
0: I mean, all it does is ducking. So, the how first, would you.
4: First thing you do is eat it. And then. <laughs> and, you call, and then you call me in the morning. And then you call me in the morning. And then you set up a live video conference.
3: And that's, that's the demo video.
4: With the makers of the pill. Oh, my God. Yeah, I
2: think the video. I don't know I get I, I assume this was Brady somebody somebody from the old blood uh Instagram that. I, yeah, yeah. I sent,
4: I sent it to you guys and I it's can it. kill conversation all all, all day long <laughs> if you guys want me to it's funny
2: <laughs> but it showed like a good like a synth sort of just like a synth pad and then just like adding a beat to it so the kick would just like drop out that synth and just create a really cool like dynamic like just sidechain ducking thing so it's I don't know. I haven't seen a pedal that's just like this does ducking and it seems to do it really well in a way that will probably open up some interesting stuff that I don't even have a picture of in my head right now, but I feel like it'll sound cool, you know?
1: Do you see this being more for synth players or more for, do you see guitar players having a A Realm where they'd use something like this.
3: I feel like that's where it's gonna really unlock is when people plug guitar and bass into it Too and it's like oh now here here what it sounds like in conjunction like here's what the bass does when informed by the kick drum Um running through the sidechain compression, but in real time But and I think that that'll sound really cool
1: Yeah, because that's that's kind of the Where I think of using ducking right away is exactly that example and maybe that's just because that's the classic example. If you use use ducking with a compression with your bass and kick, I mean, that's that's a classic example. Or um, the only other example I can think of is I was having weird noises coming out of my Kemper, and I realized I had the ducking command on and I had to turn it off. So I, I'm curious what folks would use this on, like with the create effects loops or things like that where when they're playing the reverb isn't high but then when they stop playing the reverb comes up or you know some of those kind of effect kind of modes
2: yeah imagine if you like split your signal and it you've got like a dark star like pad you know very long form reverb happening and then when it hears the dry signal thanks to the split that like ducks out the reverb and lets more dry in and just yeah the ability to apply some ducking to some things you already have could be pretty interesting.
1: Do we see a price on this?
0: Uh it is in a different cuz I uh,
1: when we first mentioned this I shared the Kickstarter which I believe it's already funded and out there. So yeah.
0: Um it, most of this stuff was I guess supposed to be delivered in October. I don't know if maybe Due to things going on, I got pushed, but I don't see
1: a. It's in
0: CHF,
1: it's basically three hundred US.
4: Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, two. What is it? Two eighty-nine uh, Swiss franc.
1: One of the fun parts about us is we are always having to convert currencies. Mm-hmm. Because we're international. One day like we that. will become financial experts be able well, to we, this, our minds. Well, we already had well, we our ca- microeconomics uh, segment the yeah. show,
0: so. Definitely. Um, so, uh, what's what's going on with Old Blood? Uh, I know you guys said you're working from homes, but uh, how are you guys handling all of this going on right now with uh, COVID-19 and all that stuff? Um. Well.
4: Yeah. Go ahead, Brady. Um. No, Seth, I'd like for you to speak about that. You probably have a more positive message.
3: (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Um, Well, I think it, I mean, it was like the middle of March that we all started um, working remotely. Um, So what that looks like is like, you know, there's about eight-ish of us. We have an intern. Um, And so around then, like, our builders started picking up kits and dropping them off once a week. Um, And then uh, we do some of our processes in-house like drilling and powder coating. Uh, The person who does that is able to work at the shop pretty much alone all day long um, out in our our garage. We have someone doing shipping, receiving, and someone doing testing, but they're all able to remain apart from each other. Um, And then the rest of us work from home um, most of the time. So, uh, I, I go down to the shop maybe once a week or so to pick up and drop things off and, but it's been interesting. I mean, some of us, I guess Brady and I are the ones with families, with kids. Um, so we had worked from home some in the past, but had not worked from home this much. And it's been, um, a process, an interesting learning process to like figure it out we're still figuring it out, but. But by, like, gratefully and thankfully by no means has stalled us out or stopped us. Um, we've been able to keep moving, we're able to keep, you know, figuring out what we're doing in the future. So, that's really big, um, and it, it really is a testament to the people that we work with. Um, like, the people that work with us are just, they're ready and able to be fluid in and, and this kind of crazy situation, so that's that's been a huge deal um just the people that we work with have just been like yeah let's all let's make it happen whatever it looks like it doesn't have to look like everybody going to the shop to build all day like if it doesn't have to look like that then what does it look like so i guess that's my take so far
2: yeah i've been it, it's been very strange but i've been kind of surprised at how normal it feels in a way just because like orders keep coming in and going out and I keep working on new stuff and we keep having meetings about release schedules and plans for new stuff and plans for existing stuff and it's like it's weird that we're all physically apart but it's really nice that old blood as, a, as that collective idea is continuing to push forward in a pretty similar way to how I imagine it would have without all of this
4: you know it kind of feels like everything is just happens in a theoretical like sterile room so yeah, we don't see everything happening like we would normally <laughs> yeah and nothing like nothing gets sort of infected with somebody else's uh spin or fun collaboration element or I don't know. I I feel like part of the joy of working on a lot of this stuff is being within arm's reach of each other to be able to spitball um ideas and and different things off of each other uh to create the best sort of like video or marketing idea or pedal or design or um any sort of logistical thing and and it it gets I know it's been a weird grind for the the three people that have maintained at the shop and then now like I started going into the shop this past week and it's it feels very great to be back but also very strange because it it is such a a grind without having everybody there to sort of move everything forward or feel like it's all moving forward by a bunch of people, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. Brady, you mentioned, uh, you have a bit of a collaborative kind of thing? And so what you feel like your designs are kind of not being influenced by everyone around you. What do you kind of, do you, do you kind of see your product being different now as a result of what's coming out of this generation? by not having sort of the whole team all in one room together
4: no not the not the end product so like dan does the digital design and if we're if you know we're being honest that's that's where a lot of the heavy lifting goes into uh with our products nowadays and then especially up front so we'll um we'll we'll decide on a general direction of an effect. And maybe parameters will now our processes we get together and once we know we're gonna make a certain effect, we try and let everybody create a wish list. Sort of like, all right, because everybody that works there uses effects and has sort of a different um uh, viewpoint on making music and how they use effects in it. So we let everybody kind of throw their ideas down and then we sort of pass that on to Dan and Isaac and Isaac does a lot of sort of hardware analog design now to figure out what's possible and what, uh, what makes sense, what makes sense together. And, and so that's all still happening it just i don't know there's something like it's it's very much like there's no in between these things because like probably when we come back to work dan's going to have a lot of stuff that we didn't even see the process of it developing you know he'll come back and there will be 40 different things that have happened in the office as far as like how we make stuff or what parts we use or it it's kind of that's a random example but there's like things that happen and when you're gone you just don't you're just not up to date mm-hmm. and a lot of times it's just so much easier knowing the things that are happening i don't know does that yeah, sound micromanaging it's,
2: micromanage-y? it's <laughs> i was gonna say it's it's the difference between when I'm working on something and I might be on headphones a lot of the time, but then I'll just put it on, you know, through an amp just to hear it in a different way. So you guys will hear sounds wafting from the other room and then come in and be like, Oh, let's, let's turn these knobs and see what you've got going. But now it's like, Hey guys, I found this cool sound. I put up a 30 second video on Slack and you all go like, yeah, that sounds cool. Or like, maybe it could sound like this, but there's less of the, you hear the sound from the other room and walk in and go, Oh, let's turn these knobs together and, and see what it can do. There's a definite sort of uh, like serendipitous brainstorm that happens in those moments. And so it will be interesting. Cause like, I know what's been getting developed and I know you guys roughly know, but when you first get your hands on a prototype, it'll feel like it came out of nowhere in a way.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And also, and- also, I'd say like whenever, so Dan, whenever you plug stuff into an amp and we hear some effects for the first time or some changes you've made, it doesn't necessarily draw a an immediate response, but pretty much the whole office hears it. And sometimes it can be something that sort of like stews in each person's individual space, you know, where they're like. Maybe a couple days later they'll come in and be like, Oh yeah, I heard that and it made me think of this. What if we did this? And it it's just this I don't want to say organic, but it's yeah, it is a very serendipitous, like um well it kind of sounds of ideas.
0: Kind of sounds like whenever people talk about like when you're recording doing a like full band live recording, you're all playing together recording at the same time or just everyone laying down tracks remotely there's kind of a different feel to it
3: that's true yeah it's it's less of that co-production feel of like we're we're in the room together producing this sound or like we're listening to dan create the sounds and then that's you know fostering new ideas in us and i definitely i do miss that like walking by dan's desk and hearing something but not interrupting but Thinking about it for a long time and like thinking like that made me think that made me think of this that made me feel this and then returning to him later and be like I heard you making this sound like because I and I need you to unpack the science of what you were doing so my art brain can uh, like can figure it out and I (laughs) definitely I definitely miss that with Dan where I'll come up to his desk he's like that sounds crazy tell me what's happening and then he'll actually like go through all like the uh, like the coding and everything that he's doing and it helps me understand it in like visual terms and um, so I, I don't think that this process is it, this process is different it's not bad but it that that is something that we're not getting to do right now is like do that walk by inspiration and, and Brady you were totally right like I'll come back days later sometimes and be like remember when you were making this crazy sound <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah I, you, def- it- I definitely missed that
2: you'll like refer to a sound and I'm like, Oh yeah, right. Okay. I think I know what you're talking about. Let me see. It was it this. Yeah. Okay. And then we like dig in deep on something that made an impact on you, but didn't make the same impact on me. And so it opens up new possibilities. Right.
4: It's like an energy. It's like an energy level that like stuff right now, stuff is still happening, but it, it's a little more daunting. Um, in some ways it's easier people are working from home they're not having to commute in you know you you sit down and you work and maybe you enjoy your home working environment um but there's not an energy there's not like a an excitement that i feel when when i go into the office and it's like okay what can we make better around here today and what can we like move forward today and because otherwise, what are we, what are we doing? You know, I've I've had a lot of those questions while we've been locked up. Of like, oh, if we're just making and selling guitar pedals, and it feels like this, that's not very fun. That's not. That's actually opposite of fun. That's kind of killing me. Hmm. So it becomes just work again. It be, yeah, very yeah. quickly. Like okay, well, it's, every it's night. Not I'm like gonna, hanging
0: out it's not like hanging out with the friends and doing something fun together and then yeah you gotta do you know some of the work but it's it's more fun because your friends are there with you i mean my first job was literally stocking shelves in a grocery store but it was my favorite job because i worked like with four of my friends
4: yeah yeah it's similar there's just the creative energy is very deflated Hmm. out of this and that's that's where i thrive or what i enjoy is like something new a new project a new developing something new and getting it going and then once it's running i'm kind of like ah, don't know don't know if i can grind
1: i mean you mentioned earlier that this feels a little daunting now i think was the word you used um, i know a lot of people in the creative spaces talk about like having restrictions or having other people in the room actually enables creativity whereas when you're left to your own devices it can be like paralyzing in some sense is that is that sort of a sensation that's going on now that you're isolated and not not together
4: um not not exactly for me i think it's i think it's that so i actually thrive a little bit when i'm and this is counterintuitive to what i was just saying but a little bit when i'm alone so in my house, I am never alone. So, and that's that's also like I share that space with uh, three other people who do not have a shared uh, goal for what I'm trying to accomplish. So maybe that's why that doesn't work. Uh, but that that feels very deflating and impossible at times. So it just makes the day much longer and feels like less gets done and. You know, you just kind of—it's
0: uh, a—it's a dumb cycle. Yeah. So I have a a fun question. Um, you guys have an amazing line of products that are just there's so much fun when I look at it. Uh, it's definitely not your uh, atypical like pedal company you know what I mean it's not all just the same stuff getting pushed out so my question is what was your f- what's your favorite pedal whether it was to work on or to play with out of your line
2: uh i guess i can jump in um
0: (laughs) not everyone at once yeah
4: (laughs) i was getting yelled at sorry
2: (laughs) yeah i had i just heard like some text notifications and and panicked as if like you guys could also hear them but you can't Um, (laughs) gosh i
0: I just ruined the podcast
2: (laughs) i feel like i feel like dweller is still kind of my baby and so i still really enjoy the the process of making that was uh it it came along at a good point in my learning of digital effects where i felt like i was starting to understand things but still making choices that were a little goofy and so as i was playing around with the idea of a phaser i kept there were elements that i didn't fully understand and so to understand them i basically just went well what if i push it to this extreme and then to this opposite extreme how does it sound in each of those Ways, And when I pushed a particular element to one extreme, something just insane to me happened. And then I basically said, I love this sound. I need to understand it enough to harness it into a pedal and also still make it sound like a normal phaser if basically the thing that happened was what's on the stretch knob. So pushing that stretch knob to the max was sort of the discovery. And then bringing it all the way back is like okay, and that's the phaser that I was initially trying to make. Um, but it's something that still surprises me in terms of just the the sounds that are in there, and also something that I've kind of understood better as time has gone on in terms of what's actually happening inside it. So it was a a happy accident in ways that I don't know. I still just feel really attached to both that process and the actual sounds of the product itself.
3: Um I really enjoy uh, really enjoy the flatlight, which is kind of where Dan jumped in right after he did the work on excess. Um, he designed the flatlight and uh, I actually was playing yesterday with it and having a lot of fun with it with the mood. And uh, I really enjoy doing like expression out of the mood controlling the clock time with an expression slider. But running the flat line before that allows me to like really stretch out those already strange, swooping um flange tones.
0: I have to say the use of sliders by you guys makes me extremely happy. <laughs> like, Thanks. Sliders sliders are my favorite thing because that's like any person will you walk by any console that has sliders and all you want to do is just play with them. Yeah, yeah I,
3: I think they're, they're under they're song and are used. I think everyone should use them. I mean, <clears throat> there were some great Ibanez pedals, I think, from, like, the 90s. Um, mm-hmm. There's a delay that has the delay time, just the delay time on a slider, and that's... I, I love that. So it's fun, to, it's fun to put anything... I feel like putting something on a slider just makes so much sense when you can feel the sound, you know? Like, when you yeah. are ramping or... or know slowing down or speeding up a delay time that's like a for me that's a physical experience too so it's nice to be able to put a linear like i'm moving my hand back and forth as i'm explaining this but like putting like a linear a and b stop point to those is really Mm -hmm. really helpful for me
0: well it's kind of your match that you're visually matching like, you, you imagine going down is less, going up is more. So you've also got a visual aspect to it. Because granted, granted, you got the knobs go left to right. But, I mean, up and down is, I'd say, like you said, just uh, it's more pleasing to me than yeah. rotating left and right.
3: Right, like 0 to 100. Like, I wish knobs would start at noon and go all the way back around to noon. Instead of being <laughs> more of a left to right thing, because that doesn't compute to my brain very well.
0: So. Well, I was, well, the, f- the funny thing about that is too, I'd love for that to happen simply because uh, we've gotten into a thing. Uh, Brian Wampler in his group asked a question about something I can't remember, but I said that, uh, you know, one of the things that I see on a lot of people's boards when it comes to like, drive pedals and stuff and just a lot of pedals in general no one ever maxes out or minimizes a knob very rarely not not no one but very rarely do you see that most knobs are usually between i'd say nine o'clock and three o'clock well not nine o'clock probably ten o'clock and two o'clock but no one ever like not a lot of people max things out that's one of my favorite things to do with pedals is see how far they can go and if you didn't have like an end to it that'd be pretty cool
3: yeah, that's very true. And it's fun to think of that in the context of like the engineer is the artist and the engineer is deciding for you. Like they, they build the construct ahead of time of what zero actually is and what mm-hmm. 100 actually is. And like um, that, that is a cool thing to interface with and kind of kind of see the personality of the person behind it of like, how much are they allowing me access to or like, you know, cause it's very much a tuned and, dialed in sort of thing
0: well that's like uh big ear pedals when they come out with the albi that one doesn't even have knobs it's just settings
3: hmm. that's, close. that's... So It's just like a good sound that's just baked in
0: yeah well it's like uh i can't remember if it was four or eight um i i want to say it might be eight i, I feel like it was eight uh, i think but it was i can't eight. remember
2: for sure yeah
0: yeah all it is is it's got it's a like pretty much a new wave in a box is that what it was? Was it New Wave? Yeah, I think it was New Wave in a box. And it's like eight settings that Grant loves, and that's what you get. Like, you're going to sound exactly the way that Grant wants you to sound through that pedal.
3: That's fun. That'd be fun to AB with a different guitar and amp scenario. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It, it is an interesting choice, just from that, a bit of that engineer's perspective of, like, I might you know, max out a setting and then dial it back to the point that like where I would max out. But before I do that, I should pass it around the shop and get again, that, that collaborative input of, I may think that a sound is just like gross. Nobody would want to do that. And then somebody else will put it at exactly that setting and it'll sound amazing because they have a completely different artistic approach to the sound that's in that pedal. And so it's interesting trying to find the, balance between letting the user do whatever they want and also making sure that there aren't too many spots that just sound bad for the the first time user of your pedal you know
0: well yeah there's a because there's a lot of people who like will pull a pedal out of a box and just plug it in and i always and usually whenever i get a pedal i always look to see if there's like suggested settings because those are always fun to mess around with but uh there's some people who just like kind of like jump in and they're like this sounds horrible and they're like well yeah i mean this they're like this one setting sounds horrible it's like oh okay, yeah but what about all the other settings so i could imagine like you definitely want to avoid as many of those settings as possible we do spend a lot of time kind of trimming
3: off the non-musical sounds the un or and the unusable even in the context of like noise yeah. i feel like we do yeah. spend a lot of time addressing those like just non-usable non-musical sounds
1: yeah I've I, 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 how i've always kind of described your guys as pedals to other people has always been the it will do the normal thing and it will push you to a realm you you didn't think you wanted to go but it will stay within control mm-hmm. that, that kind of tends to be the bounds I, I tend to think about with you guys whereas like i would not have bought a flanger pedal it's not a it's not a thing i necessarily wanted on my board and then what you did with the flat light by taking it and all the weird directions that it went and i went okay yeah now i want that now i definitely want that so i mean that that seems to be kind of the ethos of what you guys I like do
3: that. i like that we're that we're that person at the party that you don't know but then like you're glad that you met afterwards <laughs> the, wild,
0: <laughs> you're, the wild card you're like oh, you yes. know we might we might hang out tonight and just you know have a glass of wine and then just chill and talk or we might go out streaking we don't know we'll see what happens I feel like that's how the pedals are. They're like you get like you said, you get the normal sound, but also takes you just to uh, places that you didn't realize you wanted to go to. Phaser is one of my favorite modulation effects, and I absolutely love the Dweller. Like that's just an amazing sounding pedal because it just gets into different realms uh, without going like too far into the weirdness, you know?
2: I really appreciate hearing those perspectives back to back of like, I don't like flanger, but I like your flanger. And then I really like phaser, but your phaser pushes me somewhere new. I think that both of those speak to, yeah, that, that idea of like, do the normal and do the strange at the same time.
0: And you guys just, uh, you guys just have some, some fun stuff. That's like, I love the alpha haunt fuzz because number one sliders on a fuzz is great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But It just, it has that sound where I was able to dial it back and it stays normal, but also just kind of went into this real fun territory that, um, I just, I love it whenever a pedal gets me like lost in time. Like, I'm like, holy crap, I've been playing this pedal for like 10 minutes and I just don't realize it because I've enjoyed every second of it because I'm making this new sound that I don't usually like associate with myself. Mm. And that's a lot of fun that's,
2: that's awesome great. yeah it pulls you in a different
0: direction right you're like playing a whole new genre that you normally wouldn't play yeah. like the, the, i just the i got bored and i downloaded i saw that uh neural dsp was doing their archetype stuff like a 14-day free trial and i downloaded the toast and which i am nowhere near playing style in that genre um but like being able to play something that's not your normal thing and it just kind of pulls you towards a different style is a lot of fun and your pedals definitely do that I, it's one of my favorite booths to check out at summer Dam. that's awesome thanks yeah
1: so if thanks. i can pick your brain there's one kind of avenue of your guys's brand that we haven't really hit yet which is the focus that you guys have put on utility pedals what sort mm-hmm. of while we're talking about all these we take things to an extreme or we look at these far out examples there is still a whole another half of your company there. What, what drives that side of your guys's sort of designs or why, why you're going that way? You know?
3: Well, I think, I mean, I think we're, we're, we're pragmatic weirdos. Like we still need practical tools. Um, and I think things like the headphone amp and ABY, um, and even, like, the buffer with the three-band EQ, those were all just, like, these are tools that we need, that we personally want and need. Um, why don't we make it our version and release that as a product? Because, like, we were running, like, we started going to trade shows and always having bad headphone amp experiences. And then I met Brian Hamilton at one of the first, like, Brooklyn Stompbox exhibits I went to, and he had this great little one-knob headphone amp that he had built. And within a few months, we are having the conversation of how do we make these for old blood? So Brian Hamilton from small sound, big sound, um, helped us design and conceptualize our headphone amp. Um, and from then on, that's just like, we really built it for our own pedal boards and then realized, oh, and everyone could benefit from this. Every dorm room player, like this is what I wish I had in college. Um, because there's nothing to it. You just plug it in, plug your headphones in and that's it. So. Um, uh, and also with, with each of these devices, it's just like that quick Swiss army knife sort of effect we need. Where it's like, I just need to pull this thing out and it's got to work for me right now. Um, then the idea of having tools that work with you and for you, as opposed to against you. So you're not having to wrangle this device to fit into your system. It just already does. Um, so that's kind of been in the approach with the utility line from the get go. And then with like, signal blender and a few more things we have come down the pike are a lot more robust but when you really just drill down to what they actually do it's it's pretty practical you know like the signal blender is a very fast practical way to have um, two parallel effects voices running alongside your clean signal Um, and it's a really practical way to plug three instruments into one amp Or one instrument into three amps. So um, we just wanted to create a line of products that are very simple and easy to use, but do what we need them to do and do what other people need them to do.
2: Yeah, I feel like Signal Blender was just a just a mashup of two. Like I remember being like, "Yeah, I just wish we could make a tool that would just like blend two things in parallel." And then uh, we had the other idea of like we make a passive A B Y that's very handy but every once in a while you need like phase switching or just those active elements that can help with the drawbacks of a passive ABY and so those two things just got mushed together and turned into signal blender it's like very straightforward process very cool
0: yeah I absolutely and well one of the great things is a lot of these your utility pedals they're fairly cheap in the grand scheme of things I mean the headphone amps what a hundred dollars uh yeah. not yeah ninety nine dollars mm-hmm. uh the expression slider is thirty nine dollars the aby forty nine dollars so it's all stuff and i mean all of your pedals uh looking at the website the most expensive one is 279 which is the xlr the ma xlr pedal so you've i mean i and signal blenders 129 you've got all this stuff at, at an amazing price i think you guys are doing a fantastic job uh and I can't wait to see what else you guys are gonna put out uh well I guess before next summer nam if we if we have it because uh we won't be able to see anything this summer nam, sadly. But we are gonna wrap things up. Uh, thank you to Dan, Seth, and Brady who had to uh, dip out uh, for joining us. And go check out old blood's uh, website, you've got oldbloodnoise.com and buy a pedal because you. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I don't think there's been a pedal that I plugged in of, of theirs that I didn't like. I still, I mean, there's plenty that I want to check out. The Black Fountain Delay is. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I got to play with Friends. So uh, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, you, everyone, you can check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups. I the effects loop. Follow us on Instagram at the effects loop. And uh, you can check us out on YouTube uh old blood follow them on instagram check them out uh especially if they're posting some fun videos of the pedals they're always great to listen to and also once again thank you westminster effects for sponsoring this episode and i believe i wrapped up scott did i miss anything i think uh dan and
1: seth had one more thing to plug before. oh yeah that's right
2: oh yeah we didn't even talk about the very short-term development of the fault v2 that we had with us at uh winter nam is uh coming out on thursday so it should be i think just a day after this episode comes
0: out so awesome so we're able to sneak so, out some yeah 24 yeah, yeah. hour Over,
2: early overdrive distortion with three sliders on it so all the, yes. all the fun you're looking for <laughs> oh
0: my gosh I just, I feel like from now on every pedal you guys put on, just if you can find a way to put, get sliders put on, <laughs> I'll, I'll be a happy camper. Uh, you'll, <laughs> you'll be
2: excited like about the, the next prototype too.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the teasing that has <laughs> just happened. All right. And also I, I actually have to do this. I Scott probably forgot, but I'm going to have to do this. Oh, we had not, a... I've not forgotten. Okay. We had a, we had a little competition last week of a guitar design in which, uh, I'm putting an asterisk next to Scott's win um, because the instructions on the voting apparently were not clear enough. So... I it is you. clear I'll...
1: enough for you to try to pad the votes with your wife there, Diaz.
0: <laughs> hey, listen. It's not my fault she likes mine better. All right. So I have to admit that hot dogs are sandwiches. Yes. I just That's died right. a little inside. That's right.
1: Wait, sorry. Wow. Your audio clipped up a little bit. Can you just get a real good clean take of that real quick?
0: All right, guys. So for the effects loop, I'm Diaz. I'm Chris. I'm Scott. I'm Seth. I'm Dan. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. I have to admit that hot dogs are sandwiches. We are,
1: we are, we
0: are strong. Hot dogs are sandwiches. We
3: have to just keep pushing along. We are, we are, we are one. So let's come together and show them some
0: love. Hot dogs are sandwiches. Hot dogs, are Hot, dogs are Hot, dogs are Hot dogs are sandwiches. Hot dogs are sandwiches. Hot dogs are sandwiches. Hot dogs are sandwiches. We are, we are, we are strong. Hot dogs are sandwiches. Dogger Sandwiches.
3: This song is not about race or politics, but the hate that resides in the hearts of men. Desperate talks, calling desperate measures, so
4: why don't we be hey, desperate hey, to hey, love each other? Marcus, 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 yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, let's erase yeah, yeah, hate yeah. from the dictionary, why is negativity always drawing out pictures
3: every visualized love? The- Energize lives together, together. We undefeated. A plan may make where well, there's no plus needed when we weed into the mindset of achieving and believing in a community that remains happy the after. The world should be one. Hate annihilated, every heart is
0: one. Love again. So, <laughs> I just died a little inside.